welcome everybody to the third Oakleaf Women in Leadership podcast. Today I am with Nikki, who is the Regional Managing Director at Ambition for the UK, Europe and USA. So welcome Nikki to the podcast, a delight to have you on. As, as always, it would be great if you could kick off with a bit of an induction, um, introduction sorry, to your career to date and how you've got to where you've got to so far. Thanks, Amy, and thank you for inviting me on your You're podcast. Welcome. Incredibly exciting. Uh, so I am um, I've been in recruitment for a long time, so over 26 years now that my recruitment career has been. Um, I started after university, I went on the milk round and I got a job at Harrods. So went into retail onto the executive management trainee scheme there and I uh, had my first assignment working in Santa's Grotto, which was fantastic. So I spent my first Christmas working with Father Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Worked in, yeah, it was fantastic. I worked at Harrods for three years and worked my way up into a senior manager role and quite quickly decided that retail wasn't going to be for me. Um, I wanted to have more the ability to grow my career and look at um, bigger progression. I also wanted to earn more money. Retail isn't really well known for earning lots of money. And um, I was working weekends and I'd met who, my, my partner, who's subsequently now my husband, who was doing a Monday to Friday role. So I started speaking to a few people who said recruitment sounds like it could be a good opportunity. I'd never heard of recruitment, uh, <laughs> as many people who get into recruitment. Uh, it's not one of those things that you're born wanting to do. And I met with a few companies and decided to join Baden Lock and Clark. And so I had gone from being a, a senior manager to taking a step down to join as a recruitment consultant. Um, took a pay salary cut as well to do that, which was quite challenging at the time. Um, but the reason being that I knew that if I started my career, I would be able to then accelerate the career, also accelerate the earning potential. So you know, it was it was uh, a quite thought out process for me. Started uh, recruiting finance and accountancy into media and information services. And I looked after at the time the BBC account uh, over at, at Badenock and Clark and quite quickly worked my way up, became an executive consultant and then subsequently a manager and um, decided that I wanted to continue to, to develop into more senior roles and opportunities within the recruitment sector. I um, set up a brand underneath the, uh, the Modus International, who the MPS group, who owned Badenock and Clark at the time. I um, set up a brand uh, with one of the directors and we ran a, a business for a couple of years. And then that was coinciding with when I had my first child. So I, I had a, uh, who is now 18 years old. I had my, <laughs> my son and he was born very prematurely. So he was born at 27 weeks, which wow. was um, very, quite a, quite a shock, as you can imagine. And um, he was very, poorly baby and was uh, on a life support machine for a, a number of weeks wow. uh, when he was born. Um, at the time when I in, when I was running um, the, the small firm, I was the director and there was a lot of pulls on my time for the company and also, you know, a lot of pulls with, with my son. 
Um, however, I carried on going as you do and um, then had my second child, my daughter, uh, who was also born prematurely. So it was quite a, a quite a stressful period of time and it was just coming up to the GFC. So there was a lot of pressures at work. There was also a lot of pressures for me at home. And I made the decision to, to take a step back in my career and, you know, felt that it was the right thing for me to do was to to leave the organization I was in and to go into back into an associate director role. Um, I'd always wanted to be a main board director uh, for a, a recruitment firm once I got into my recruitment career, which I did achieve and I achieved that by the age of 30. So that was something that I was very focused on and it just felt right to me to, to start to think more about how I could support my family. So I left and joined Ambition. So Ambition was established in the UK in 2008 and I started the first day that Ambition was launched in the UK wow. as an associate director. Yeah, so coming up to 15 years next year, Amy, which is a long time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, I hear and, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, was able to, to not have as much pressure on me at work and was able to then spend some, some time helping support my children. And um, as my children started to get older and became, um, more more reliant and now that they're 16 and 18 I'm desperate to spend time with them and they're not interested in me at all anymore <laughs> uh, but it meant that I was able to then concentrate on my career once again so I then started to to build myself up into director and um, took over the professional services area at Ambition in London and then I was made managing director in 2016 which was fantastic and I was very pleased to achieve that but I think it was really important for me and I think it's a really good story for people out there as well to think that actually sometimes you do need to take a step back in your career because there will be challenges that you're facing and and you know that it's not a bad thing and then you can always refocus or tread water for a bit and when you're ready you can push your career forward again. Mm. Phenomenal. That's that's such an amazing, inspiring story. Thank thank you for, for sharing that. My next question would lead me into hurdles and challenges, which we've probably yeah. touched on a little bit. So to ask a slightly more direct question, did you feel like you came across any additional challenges for taking some time out because you're a woman and you had two young children? Or did you feel that actually yeah. that wasn't necessarily something that people saw? I think that if I'd had a better support network at work at the time, I wouldn't have had to take that step back. Wow. So I think when I came back after my second child, I remember um, speaking to my boss at the time and um, back in the day when I had children, um, six months was maximum time you could really take off for maternity leave, otherwise it wasn't going to be a job for you there. And I think it's great that that's moved forward now and, and you know it's more... Um, it's a year, if, if not more, if people need it or require it. And I remember speaking to my boss and saying, you know, I've got very sick babies and I would like a bit more flexibility and being told that I needed to come back and run the company. And, you know, I think that was the moment where I said to myself, I want to be a leader and I want to make an environment where um, that pressure 
isn't put on people unnecessarily and that there is a real understanding that at certain times in people's lives that you do need more help and support mm. and that really crystallized for me that um it wasn't the right way to do or run a business so i think the challenges were for me were more around the as you know amy you're a very successful woman in recruitment and there aren't as many female leaders definitely wasn't back then in the time but they're still yeah. not now so i you know there's a there is a more understanding from male leaders as well now these days and male leaders have their own pressures as well i think but i think back then the it was almost a negative mm. if you, you know, there was also a feeling i think that female leaders couldn't be their authentic selves mm. and you needed to almost be more masculine in the way that you worked and operated to be successful mm. and you almost hid the fact that you had children at home and you were a mother and you know and all the challenges that that brought with it so so it was a I think it was a challenging time and I think that you know that it's amazing that that we've been able to move that agenda forward and I know that still happens in some organizations and in some cases but it's very rare now that you see those sort of behaviors towards female leaders yeah I definitely think it's the exception I think we'd be naive to think that it doesn't happen but it is the exception to the rule and people aren't accepting it as much either so that, that yes that exactly and did well, they vote with their feet, won't they? They'll leave an organisation now. Of course, of course. Which is really positive. Yeah, exactly. They've got the confidence to do that and, and, yeah. and enter the market in the right way. Do, do you think that, you, you talked about if you had a slightly better support system around you, you might not have had to take that break. Do you think you knew what support system you needed around you? Or did you almost need someone to kind of help you hash that out as well? Yeah, I think that's a really, a really good question, actually, Amy, because probably not. Mm. You know, I think I was in a state of shock, um, <laughs> really, um, you know, having had a second child that was prematurely and also knowing what I'd been through with our, our first son, who now is completely healthy. Both my children Fabulous. are completely healthy now, which is great. Um, and with my daughter, uh, she was quite poorly after a couple of months of being born and ended up um, having to go on a life support machine uh, when she was three months old because she'd had to go in and have some exploratory surgery done uh, on her, her windpipe and they'd put her on a general anaesthetic and she didn't wake up from it so oh it was a really a really horrific time so I think I was I think I probably was in shock you know looking back you just think wow um so I think I probably would have needed you know someone to say to me you know don't worry about it back off I, I remember when my my because my son was born prematurely I hadn't really finished planning um my exit at work so I remember being in hospital and my team coming to meet me in hospital to do their reviews oh and gosh. to do some handovers and I mean looking back on that now it's crazy for me to think that that's what I was doing and <laughs> um, you know and, and again I think it really has made me make sure that people that work you know for me with me don't ever have to go through anything like that and that the support will be forthcoming and you know making sure that people are okay and it's, it's okay not to be okay as we yeah. know yeah. so you know I reach out to people and people will help and support you but I think back then I felt I needed to keep it all together yeah you weren't able to almost ask for that support 
to say Completely. help me out even though I don't really necessarily yeah, help know what me. I need. <laughs> just help yeah, I don't know what I need to help <laughs> just yeah. help I think that's sometimes the hardest thing though isn't it because everybody's situation is completely different anyone everyone's life story is different and it changes as as, as they change yeah. and evolve and sometimes the hardest thing isn't necessarily always asking for help but it's understanding what help you need so somebody can actually offer yes. that and I do think we're in a much more positive space now where there is a lot more awareness around people not being okay whether that's male or female actually but yeah. it's still quite hard to determine what help people actually need and that, I agree with you and that's, and that's why you've got to be as open as possible isn't mm. it with people and and offer them that and I, and I do think that's a really good point as well because you know just because that's what you know my experience has been someone else who may have a similar experience to me may need something different so you can't always put you know your thoughts and feelings and onto mm. other people either each person is an individual case yeah yeah definitely um it's just about trying things i think a lot of the time isn't it yeah <laughs> so you touched on this a little bit earlier that you you had the ambition to be the board member and that's absolutely what you wanted to do what what do you think drove that what was that, what was in you to say this is what i that i really want to do so I think it was mainly the experiences that um, I've had growing up. So when I was growing up, uh, which my hometown is Blackpool, <laughs> and my family always had their own businesses. So we were, it sounds such a cliche, we had fish and chip shops in Blackpool. Um, so, I also, <laughs> so I always was part of a family business and worked incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, as part of the family business, I saw my parents go bankrupt, and you know we had a, you know, a really challenging period of time when I was younger, and as a family, and I saw how hard it was, and saw um, it made me recognise and realise that uh, no matter how hard you work, sometimes things don't always go according to plan but it also I think has given it gave me the the focus um the resilience and tenacity to to ensure that I was always going to achieve something and you know I, I do think I I always want to make sure that you know my family's secure having been through a bankruptcy and you know we lost our house and everything and it was you know really a really traumatic time for us as a family so I think um, for me, it's about setting myself personal goals that I will achieve that give me a massive sense of satisfaction, but it also enables me to give security to my family. Yeah, it's such a fundamental piece, isn't it? That, that yeah. security. Um, and jumping back a little bit to, to, to you going back to ambition. So you've, you took the period off your, your children were well um you went back to ambition how do you you still obviously had a young children to to, to yeah. manage and how did you manage that from a work home life perspective because did you find it easier than you taking the time off and reflected and, and actually knew what you needed or did you still find that a challenge to get that balance right huge challenge i think anybody that has got um, dependence in whatever kind of format uh, will tell, will speak, will say it is such hard work, and you don't get it right all the time. You try, you're trying to. I think there's that whole guilt concept, isn't there, with mm. being a, a parent and also you know running a company. So you feel guilty about work when you're at home. You feel guilty about your family when you're at work. You know, so I don't think there's a, there's a good balance. But I think what I did do very well was be able to 
concentrate on one or the other when I was there. And I think you really have to live in the moment for these things. So, you know, what I really tried to do is when I was with my my family, then that would be family time and make sure if I was going to do some work and because, you know, you are going to pick up emails on those days, I would say to the, the children, right, you know, mommy's just going to do some work for half an hour, look at my phone and then I'll be back in and then get back in the moment and making sure that during the week there were certain days that I would dedicate to doing activities after work with either clients or with my team and that was really important to me as well but also make sure then that my weekends were focused on the family mm-hmm. so um I definitely didn't get it right <laughs> all the time I think there is a lot a lot of plates that have been dropped and ball dropped and plates smashed along the way uh, but you know I, I hope that if you spoke to my work colleagues and my children they would say that I probably muddled through as best as I could. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'd say a bit better than that but we'll go with muddled through if that makes you feel yeah. comfortable. Um, so obviously you've had an amazing story and, and are still having an amazing story by the way and I know where your career was going as well but how did you find your voice and how have you found best to use it yeah i think it's really believing in yourself and what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do that so if i look at my personal experiences one of the reasons why i wanted to be a leader was to make sure that other people didn't suffer as i see it what i'd been through so there was a belief in me that I needed to do this to help other people's careers and journeys. So I think that's really important. And I think um, this, this, the, the ability to, to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes has yeah. been something, one of my mantras, I really believe that you know, people should make mistakes. Mm. We we don't we're not brain surgeons, are we, in recruitment? No. So <laughs> thankfully, it's not going to have a huge impact on anybody. Uh, but we we've got to learn from those mistakes, and I think that to me is about being authentic then and, and bringing your best self to work all the time. And I believe that you've got to get yourself in the right mind space when you're heading into work in the mornings. I'm a great believer in, you know, none of us jump out of bed every single day going, yay, I'm off into the office today, here here comes work. So if you're not on that mindset in that particular day, you need to get yourself into it. So our offices are now in Chancery Lane, they used to be in Holborn, I go into Waterloo Station, I would always walk to work in the morning because that is really good for me and my mental health and I would then make sure that I was listening to some music or something that would help me change my mindset to make sure that I would be going in there in a really positive manner mm. and I believe that you know bringing your best self to work is enables you to be more authentic as well I think interesting enough looking back on my career when I first started at at Harrods many many years ago I remember being told um, you're too northern Oof. and you know uh, if you're going to be successful here you need to lose your accent wow. and that was a real probably one of those moments when you go wow you know that's really direct feedback about you that is quite personal and deciding then am I going to do that which will obviously help my career and accelerate because I'm being told and giving this feedback 
or am I going to remain true to myself? And at that moment, I decided I was going to remain true to myself and thought, I'll take I'll take what comes. If mm. if I'm too northern um, and they boot me, then, you know, I can always go back up north. They're not going to boot <laughs> me out the north, the north are they? Uh, so I, I think, you know, finding your voice is hard. It really is hard. And I've definitely developed that over the years. I think there have been periods of time, particularly in recruitment, in my younger years, that that I was adapting to the situation. And yeah, I think it's taken me time to to be authentic and to to believe in myself as well and have the confidence to to be true to myself. Hmm. And how do you help others find their voice and be authentic? Same thing, really. I think one of the things that we do really well at Ambition is, is by giving people space to be themselves. And I'm an advocate for um, ED&I, I'm passionate about diversity and inclusion in our business and allowing people to to be who they want to be and who they should be. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps. So, you know, people coming in, as I know with your business as well, you know, we're not trying to change people. We don't want identical little Nickies running everywhere, <laughs> God forbid. You know, we want people to, to be be true to themselves and that way that means they can be their best selves they can bring their best selves to work you know they're going to be happy they're going to do a better job and you have a better mix of people around you so I think it's having the confidence to allow people to be different which you you know it, it takes you time to learn Amy doesn't it you know it doesn't yeah. happen overnight this stuff and and I think um having uh, teenagers now certainly has helped me <laughs> you learn the hard way with teenagers about what's good and bad don't you <laughs> yeah you get it all there's no, there's no uh, shyness on the voice sometimes yeah exactly <laughs> so who's who's your inspiration who's inspired you in your in your past so I would say it's my biggest inspiration has been my grandmother and the reason I'm going to say that is because she was a, a strong matriarch in our family. <laughs> and we, she was the, the person that set up the family business way back when women didn't do that. And, you know, the, the sort of um, pushback that she got in her lifetime was way beyond anything that you or I probably have experienced as well. Um, and she was the first female president of the Fish Fries Association, oh, wow. which I'm very proud of. <laughs> and she was a real role model for so many people. And she really did, you know, she embraced making sure that us as, as her grandchildren felt that we could achieve anything in life and she really did instill in us you know confidence and self-belief and and also you fall down and you get back up and really helped to build in me you know that huge sense of right and wrong mm -hmm. and you know I, I still follow that to this day you know if something's not right make it right mm -hmm. you know don't allow people to do get away with things that that you know they shouldn't be doing either because it will come and bite you on your ass one day. <laughs> but it, it was, you know, she was a, a very strong woman. I've been, and I was very lucky to have her as such a major influence in in my life. Oh, lovely! That's lovely to hear. Do you think she realised how much she inspired you? 
uh, I did tell her. I, I was able oh, to tell her before. Yeah, we lost her because I think she was just being her. She wasn't mm. expecting to be this great role model for so many people. And uh, yeah, I, th I think I think you know, looking back on the the time that she lived in and how she achieved what she did, I think it's massively inspirational to so many people. And I think also. Amy, you know, I, I get inspired by the people that I work with and my team as well. And I think I'm really lucky to have people around me that want to probably better than me anyway, which is always <laughs> the best way to do it, isn't it? Always hire people better. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. But also people that care about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And, you know, I was in a situation a few years ago, it was actually when I was promoted to managing director. And my mother became very ill very quickly with cancer. And she uh, it became very quick from diagnosis to her passing away. And she was in a hospice for the last couple of weeks of her life. And because of the people that I worked with, I was able to go and stay with her in that hospice for, it was nearly three weeks. Amazing. And, you know, I could not have done that in a lot of organisations and companies. It just, you know, it, it would have been too difficult. And it was just as I'd gone into the MD role as well. So I was feeling so, you know, pressure. You want to do a good job, don't you? You want to be, you know, you want to be the best in your role. And, you know, my boss was great. He said to me, don't worry, you know, work is always going to be there. Go and do it. You know, my team of people that work around me um, were all saying to me as well, you don't worry, we've got this for you. Mm. Um, so I was I, I class myself as being very lucky mm. to have such a great team around me and be part of such a great team. Yeah. And did you feel more, I appreciate it was slightly different um, scenarios, one being your children being born and, and the other your mother, but... Did you feel more confident to say, I need time out, I'm not walking away from my career here, I just need breathing space, can you guys help, yeah. than you did first time round? Yes, definitely. And I think also, because I've been at Ambition for a longer period of time, but um, very sadly, when I'd been at Ambition for a few years, um, I lost my sister, my sister passed away, uh, which was a massive shock. Uh, she was... No age at all, and I again that support that came from the company mm. was just phenomenal. So I think that made me feel safe. Of course. Again, to see. So, so I think that's the, the beauty of working in the right organisation, isn't it? That you, mm. as we talked about earlier, how do you know when to ask for help or what you're asking for? Mm. And it wasn't even an ask; it was people saying, "This is what's happening." You know, we've got, we've got you, we've got, you've got to go and deal with you be you. what you've got yeah. going on in your plate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but again, all of this stuff that's happened, I think helps you to shape the the leader that you want to be. Mm. Um, it helps you really shape the organization and, and the firm and, you, and, and how you, you want to have people interact and work with you and mm. we all have lives we all have personal lives and as we know no one's life is just this great old smooth sailing thing from birth to death you know there's lots of lumps and bumps on the way and it's about ensuring that we make a safe environment for people to be able to deal with that yeah definitely i think it's it's 
really sad how many people don't feel like they can because it's about being true to yourself isn't it and about bringing yeah, your true exactly. self to work because you're not just a employee there's there's a much more broader scope to everybody that, that works in the business yeah so if you were to talk to your younger self 16 year old let's say what and what would you say what advice would you give I would say probably don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes and learn, but learn from them. Don't just keep making the same mistakes. So that's the definition of insanity, isn't it? And I would also say bring your whole self to work. You know, bring that authentic self to work from day one. Don't worry that you're a nor- you've got a northern accent. If people don't like it, it's their problem, not your problem. <laughs> Ignore it. And I, I would definitely say find the right place for you to work and there are so many different firms out there now aren't there and opportunities for people if you're not happy somewhere then go and find somewhere that's going to make you happy because that is really important to get that support to get that feeling of being somewhere that's special as well you know don't undersell yourself go and work somewhere special because that will make you feel special yeah, and you'll perform better. It, it's just human nature. Sure. If, yeah. if you're feeling better about yourself, you'll be more confident, you'll be more inspired, and um, and ultimately in recruitment, you'll be happier, and people will buy from happy people, not from sad people, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, you know, it's almost that, you know, uh, we, as we talked about a little bit earlier on as well, it's getting yourself in that right mindset and yeah, so making important. sure that if you know whatever is your whatever is your thing to to do that is it you know going out for a walk or run or putting some music on or you know just helping to get yourself ready and raring for your day ahead and what you need to deal with yeah i think knowing yourself is you know not to flip back to being authentic but i think that's so important yeah. to spend the time to understand what works for you and to try different things and accept that that may well change as you change as a person as well you know your music might not have worked for you 10 years ago it might not work for you in 10 years time but it works for you now so you know yeah. walking into music is, is your thing now but be open to other avenues that might help and support you as you develop as well because it's a constant That's journey so isn't it yeah i've been listening to your podcast amy there you go that'll get me in the back <laughs> headspace <laughs> I never used to be massively into podcasts, I have to be honest, but I am a bit of a lover of them now. I don't know if it's being on the other side. I but they, yeah, yeah, I love a podcast. Yeah, it's brilliant. really love it. And and what would your younger self say to you? Um, I think probably, wow, you've had some, you've had some um, lumps and bumps on the way. And you don't be so hard on yourself all the time. <laughs> I think probably would be um, a comment and be proud of what you've achieved because I've, I've I've worked hard to try and develop into a good positive leader. I hope that's what my team would say to me. And I think, you know, if I was having a chat to my 16 year old self, I would say, you know, You've, you've, you should be proud of what you've achieved mm. and there's still more to go you know there's, that's the exciting thing we're just looking at the moment we're building out into the US we're building out into Europe and there's so many exciting things happening with ambition at the moment and you know I'm part of a really good leadership group as well and globally uh, which again excites me about what we're going to do as an organization moving forward I've got an absolutely amazing team 
that I work with in London, you know, I just feel that it's it's in a good place. So, you know, don't worry about it. It's funny because I remember when I first moved to London and being so lonely, Amy, and thinking, what have I done? I knew nobody. I remember phoning my mum up and I'd been at Harrods for maybe a week and was crying on the phone saying, oh my God, you know, this is such a, this, the people are mean, people don't, I remember getting on the tube and saying morning and trying to talk to the person sat next to me and then moving, thinking obviously that I was crazy. Completely and I was saying, mom, yeah, mom, these people are mean here. And I remember mom saying to me, don't worry, Nick, you've done it. You've proved that you can do it. Come back home. Wow. And I was like, wow, exactly. I was like, wow. And I was like, no, mum, I, I, I can't, I want to do this. I, I can't, I can't give up. It's not in my nature to give up. And thankfully I didn't. And, <laughs> you know, now I've been in London for a long time. But you know, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it, when you look back at yourself, your younger self and think, actually, I had some balls to do that at that stage. Mm. I'm not sure I'd do it now. <laughs> I know. The confidence that you have as a younger person is quite amazing, isn't it? You look back and you're like, that was really pretty daring. And at the time, you really didn't think anything of it. I wish I still had those balls now sometimes. (laughs) Just throw caution to the wind. Um, Do you think there was a bit of reverse psychology in your mum's comment? Or did she genuinely... Definitely. Yeah, I think she... She was playing. She'd have been like, what are you doing? Get back on that train. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm telling your nan. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. or don't tell the nan. (laughs) That's always a bad touch. Look, Nikki, it's it's been amazing to talk, as always. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I I agree with your younger self. You should be incredibly proud of what you've done. You're an amazing, inspiring leader. And... um, more importantly it's great fun speaking and chatting to you so thanks so much for your time and um yeah let's watch the space of what's next europe and usa watch out (laughs) here we come thanks amy great talking to you as always yeah you too